0: November 30th, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Church Home Global. Here's the thing about technology, okay? It can help us or hurt us. On our phones, we can be connected to anyone, anywhere, but how do you keep all the meaningful personal connections and tune out all the negative noise? Well, one way is with the new Church Home Global app. Church Home was started 25 years ago with the belief that church isn't so much about the place, but the people. That's the thinking behind their new Church Home Global app, where you can connect with people all around the world, have honest discussions, and create meaningful relationships all from your phone. Let's face it, getting to church at the same time every week isn't always realistic, and you do everything on your phone anyway. So with Church Home Global, you always have access to a positive space with a strong community of people. One of the things I like is a feature in the app called the Daily Spark, which is just a quick way to start your morning positively. So much more productive than getting sucked into a black hole on Instagram before you get out of bed. You can download the free Church Home Global app today and join Church Home's growing community. You can find the app by searching Church Home on the App Store or Google Play. It's spelled C-H-U-R-C-H-O-M-E or text RELEVANT to 555-888 for a direct download link that's relevant to 555-888, Church Home Global. Check it out. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, where it's a little bit chilly, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Gainesville, Florida, sitting in for Jesse this week, once again, welcome back, big cat, Eddie Koffeltz.
1: Chandler, can you turn my mic down just a touch before we get started? <laughs> on the Skype line from Nashville, Tennessee, the Tundra, uh, Tyler Huckabee.
0: Hello to all my Christmas elves And just down the street, <laughs> Christmas elf, author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs
2: <gasps> Um, wait, cowgirl
0: No, you're a, you're a Christmas elf this week Oh, wow, oh, okay, this okay.
2: good morning, gents, there we graduated. go, sorry <laughs> I know, I, I, I've promotion. grown to so love that nickname that I really missed it, but I get it. It's a holiday season. We need to
0: do a mug in the store for the Christmas season that just says Cowgirl
1: Extraordinaire.
2: Oh my gosh, I would oh, love it so late. much. We should do it. Where did
1: that come from? I must have missed that.
2: Cameron's brain. It literally just came from Cameron's brain. She
1: travels
0: from time to time, and there was a span where every week she was in a different city. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and this one particular week, she was in San Antonio. And yeah, they were true. like, oh, the rodeo. Oh, and then she was, we just got talking about her. She was a cowgirl and like yeah. it just never and it
2: stuck. St- and I, and I love it so much because, well, because, because once you become away. a
3: cowgirl, there's no going back.
1: That's a <laughs> one like, like way I trip. Wanted to
2: thing. It's like Cameron tapped into my dream journal <laughs> and named me such.
1: <laughs> I yeah, did. Big Cat, Big Cat happened episode four or something. And it's like <laughs>
2: still here. I mean, it just it's never gone and you gotta Same. just love it. <laughs> People on Twitter all the time talk about my cowgirlness. Yeah.
0: Eddie, you your whole persona at the beginning of the show was your love for musical theater and in particular cats.
1: Yeah. And it wasn't as much a persona as much. As it was like, I just needed to talk about that for a while, but I, I don't have anything left to say, but it's still definitely dormant. <laughs> it's it's in there. It's a recessive gene that just comes up. Somebody had the audacity on Twitter the other day to ask me if I was into like um a cappella music. I'm like, you clearly don't know me. Obviously I love it so much.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah,
1: he's that like he's front, like front row center like. at
0: Pentatonix's Christmas tour every I mean, year. Oh,
1: oh no, you can't. They're amazing. They're talented. do you remember
0: interesting uh, it was five years it would have been when you were here huckabee when we were in the winter park studios gunger Mm -hmm. came through when they were still christians and they were um they were performing and it was michael and lisa and a cello player and the cello player was also a beatboxer like he played the cello and he beatboxed and he kind of did one band stuff and oh. while they were here recording, it was Kenny from Pentatonix. And while they were here recording that America's Got Talent finale or it was airing, you know what I mean? And they like made the finals while he was in Orlando and he had what? to fly out. He had to leave the Gungor tour to go do the finals for that. And then Pentatonix blew up after that.
1: Wow. So oh, that's right. I forgot that was because I met him. I was there at the yeah, studio, but I never put together there. that that was him.
0: That was him. He's in Penticton, and now you're front row center at his concerts.
1: He is very talented.
0: That day, he stole the show. I mean,
4: beatboxer one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. It's really hard to. They
3: all have very distinct persona. There's like, there's like a kind of like alt right looking alien guy. (laughs) There is the one who looks like like Orlando Bloom (laughs) minus the wig and Lord of the Rings guy. There's the girl. The girl. They followed the
1: boy band formula. You kind of, you kind of get one of whatever you're looking for.
3: It's easy to pick a favorite because everyone that there's. They all have a persona, and I get the impression that they're much weirder than they let on. I don't know why I'm coming out with pentatonics hot takes. I think yeah, about this yeah, band zero yeah, percent of my life, but now all of a sudden I'm talking like <laughs> I've got this like
0: deep state theory about how they they come back to mind every year when the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade happens because That's there true. they are again, and then yeah. you know now it's their season, the season yeah. of pentatonics.
3: Speaking of the tundra, oh. did you guys watch Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year? Is that like a yes. thing? Yeah, every,
2: every, yes. every minute of it. Eddie, you watch every minute of it too, don't you
1: i do this year was less just because there was a lot happening so it was sort of like the cleaning cooking watching but yes it's always on it's always a part of the whole world.
3: so it yeah, was yeah. on we turned it on uh, uh, we were in cincinnati uh, my wife's parents house and uh, i i've i've always enjoyed it i watched it a lot this year. i don't think i can remember a time where people looked as miserable as yeah. In a parade, any parade, as I or really on television, period, as I did watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day they Parade. Were so cold. everybody looked like because of the cold, which I know is like a record low for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade everybody looked like they wanted to be anywhere else in the world. And it increased my enjoyment of the parade tenfold. No, I feel like
2: (laughs) (laughs) you're a monster. Um, I feel like there have been rain parades that people have looked more miserable than a cold parade. Oh, interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. But but all of this is pale in comparison to the story of that parade, which was Kelly Clarkson, who I've watched all the performances of that parade. Everybody is clearly lip syncing. And you kind of give them a pass because you're like, how does a rolling stage all of a sudden just come into live sound? Yeah, they have to. John Legend sound? tweeted sure. about it. Right, but Kelly Clarkson and her band sang live, and she was, I mean, she's very talented. She was unbelievable. And it was, she was so good, it sound record, sounded recorded, except you could tell she wasn't. And then it was like, oh my gosh, she is very, very good at her job. Very good at her job.
0: That's the talented. She's very really talented. Think, we're coming in pentatonics and Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade hot yeah. takes right yeah. there at the beginning. My of the mom
3: show. has never been as hooked into this podcast as she is right now. She, <laughs> <laughs> that's my boy. We got him. That's my boy.
0: <laughs> Speaking of moms, you know, I mentioned on the John Christ episode like a week ago that that Joy Strang is a huge John Christ fan. You know, I told her. Oh, yeah, right. And she's never come to our office but she mm-hmm. because downtown is too far. But she's going to drive through downtown to go to a John Christ sure. show, right? Mm-hmm. We talked He's about seen. Joy Strang's love of John Christ and how it makes me insecure as a son. <laughs> and
4: Chandler <laughs> took it upon himself to tell her about this. No, I didn't. Chandler. Uh, I, uh, I, I just mentioned that he was going to be on the show and that she would probably be talked about in advance. And then
0: we're at Thanksgiving dinner and she says to me, she's never read an issue of relevant. She's never listened to the show. She says to me at Thanksgiving, I listened to the podcast. Um, I listened uh, to the podcast. That's what she said. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, and I'm going Chandler what did you
4: take out like what did you like you took all that out right and he's like no I didn't take anything out well so. I, I mean I took things out I didn't take that stuff out though because John kept on calling back to it <laughs> but, uh, as far as like how she wouldn't drive downtown or you know that night downtown. at the
0: John Chris show John asked me how joy how joy was enjoying herself you know and I was I, it, it's very uncomfortable but she, anyway she,
4: she had a great time
0: Hi, Tyler that all came to mind because you said you know your mom will love this episode because of the pentatonics and Macy's <laughs> well, we're I just do. playing we're just playing to a new demographic now right. all the moms are listening <laughs> oh, your moms. Moms. <laughs>
3: that's good it's uh, my my mom has said that she feels like listening to the pop my mom lives in she lives in uh, Nebraska and uh, so she has said she listens to the Podcast, she feels like she gets to like get a little window into my life, and I'm like, Mom, there's not a little window. Behind this
4: microphone,
1: <laughs> if we made
3: if we made a lifelong listener out of Joy String, and I hope her one listen did. I hope she's <laughs> listening right now. I joy. Hello? <laughs> Hello, welcome. I think at one some and point I'd love the, to do a moms. The of the, well, we're
2: saying her name again, so that yeah. means Chandler's gonna tell her. So we're probably she's probably gonna, gonna moms listen.
3: of the relevant podcast roundtable. We can maybe set that up for the live recording next week. We can get all the moms on stage. just
2: embarrassing oh, stories gosh. you know and uh, be, i think you, you would have imagine. a great time with it can we just please have Joy String next week at this uh, live yeah. recording oh no it's downtown
0: uh, she wouldn't come because yeah, that's she, where all the sinners are the sinners are downtown. john will be there sure.
2: and it'll be a bait and switch listen. there we go but chandler yeah. you
0: yeah. invite
1: her she'll uh, come I'll with do, you right she comes with chandler like still goes over for dinner and stuff she's never gone to one of his concerts or his dj sets well neither have i but i still love chandler I don't think a lot of people have come to him. <laughs> <That ain't even.
0: laughs> um, Two to announcements. We have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talked to the founder of Tom's, Blake Mycoskie, joins us. He, he was on Fallon uh, a week or so ago made a huge announcement, um, and uh, we wanted to have him on the podcast to talk more about this new era and this new direction and kind of social activism that they're kicking off. It's uh, some exciting stuff and some big things that they're doing. So Blake McCoskey's coming up he's later. A, he's such a good dude. He really is. <laughs> he, doesn't have, he doesn't have to be as good as he is. He's just like a really kind person. Good for him getting, you know, like half a billion dollars for a chunk of his Seriously. company and just traveling the right.
1: world. At this point, it's just because he wants to do good things. It's right. not because he's trying to like build the brand. In fact, the stuff that we're going to hear about in the interview today will likely like trouble some people. Like, and you know, there will be a certain. This is it's it's fiery what they're walking into, and so I I really respect him for he.
3: he taking we a discussed. Uh, I, I I spoke with him. We discussed the divisive nature of what's coming up next, and I was really I'm really impressed with the stand that he's taking here. It's
1: cool. Yeah, Yeah. there you go.
0: And also, uh, one other announcement: it's you know today's Friday. It's one week until the live relevant podcast Christmas spectacular. Oh, oh,
2: I cannot wait! Presented by
0: Bright Peak. Not ready. (laughs) It's one (laughs) week. If you guys want to come, we will have a live studio audience, a small gathering of close friends, uh, and we will be live streaming next Friday's podcast. Uh, I think we're doing it at 3 p.m. Eastern if you want to catch the live feed. Uh, And then obviously it'll be posted like normal afterwards. But 3 p.m. December 7th, next Friday, uh, the relevant podcast, Christmas Spectacular, presented by It is It is going to be ridiculous. I can just tell you that. I've seen the script. I know the plans. And it is insane. So... I know nothing. Yeah, I know nothing I about
3: know, this. I know.
2: This is what we were talking about. I love surprises. And this is going to be like my dream experience. I cannot wait. But Tyler, Ugh. you hate them. I don't hate.
3: I don't know. I don't hate them.
1: I, I just don't surprises.
2: know. You hate them. Eddie. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, totally. It's like it's 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 not a marital vow that we've taken, but it's a pretty deep marital promise that like Brianne cannot surprise me. Like, I don't like it. I freak out of like, I don't want surprise parties and stuff like that. I just there's I find no joy in that. So I don't so like you get it.
3: home at the end of a long day. It's your birthday. You're like, oh, I'm ready to kick back. Have a nice evening. Ber- ce- like celebrate the birthday with some with my wife and the kids door yeah. opens. There's everyone you've ever loved. You're like <laughs> I, the, yeah. the whole of uh, me <laughs> right. and the other people. Yep, all and, of them. Uh, <laughs> and we're all
1: surprised and used. And you do what? I publicly chastise my wife
2: in front of everybody that we love no. but then you let us in right
1: yeah no yeah i kick everybody out and then yeah. walk in and then very quietly have the evening that i wanted no i i would, <laughs> I, would, I, would I would hang but no, i this scenario i don't even have to think of it because Brienne would never do this to me she just knows i am like such a grumpy uh surpriser but i see but do you like being scared annie
2: no, I don't like being scared at all. I don't, I don't want to be sad. I want to be, I don't I don't want to be shocked and sad. I want to be shocked and happy.
3: Nice surprises. I like yeah. nice
2: surprises, like at a Christmas spectacular where suddenly there's confetti or suddenly Santa or suddenly Cameron's giving us presents. I don't know. I just, am just excited that there, that Cameron has a whole rundown next Friday and I don't know any of it, but I just get to be there.
3: I liked how you dropped, suddenly Cameron gives us presents. Like that yeah. a big
1: like, <laughs> right. And then suddenly no, we, no, we no, all get so it new cars. i do just know. I'm just I don't know. some I'm just,
2: seeds over here. Just spitballing
1: here, but, but then suddenly shit. we all get a facial. <laughs> that's an extremely compelling part of any live show is when the cast hands out gifts to each other. <laughs> Should we do People that? just watch. Yeah. No, no,
2: because that
1: is visual. Oh, neat. Annie's opening a present now. Fun.
2: cool.
1: (laughs) 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 How how fun. We love the live show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There will be uh, a very special narrator. I can tell you that. A very (gasps) special narrator for the Christmas Spectacular next week. There might be be sound effects. It's going to be like an old-timey radio show combined with a 1970s Christmas special, television Christmas special, with special guests and songs and games. It's going to be oh a good time. My. And a lot is of you, are there you, be
2: special guests too, besides narrators. I, I don't,
0: I I'm not, I'm not at Liberty to talk about oh the surprises, which
1: means he just wrote down, find some special guests. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> my, my one request for the show is that Calvin shows up. He shows up at all of these live things. He brings the whole show to a grinding halt. <laughs> and it is the moment that I appreciate more than anything. Have him bring a list knowing that it's just going to fail that's, that's, that's just a gift for old big Ken. The thing,
0: the thing that, the thing that, that always happens is his, his list. If you know, long time listeners know Calvin was famous for his really terrible puns and his list. Oh. and you know, you say, Oh, we should do a list. Cause it's going to be so bad. It'll be like grown more yeah. than can, It'll be so bad. It's good. But then he comes on and it doesn't land at all. It's not that at they all. were so bad. No. It's just like, what was that?
1: Right. It went from like a sticky punny to Andy Kaufman-esque. Like I don't know how to be (laughs) in this moment. Right, right. I'll tell you a little behind the scenes. The last live show we did, I forget what it was, but it was like the 600th uh, episode. Sorry,
2: it was my first live show. It was in the spring and it was lovely.
1: Well, I don't keep all dates and time in relation to you and your presence, but I I do know that you were there. We had breakfast together as a cast in the morning and I got deodorant on my shirt. So I do remember it. Memory is good. You have memory. That's a nice. That's a surprise. But I uh, it's like 10 minutes before the show and I see Calvin over at his desk and like, hey, man, you ready to do this? He's like, I really need some material for this list. And he was like nervous. I'm like, you don't have anything nope he didn't have he didn't have a thing and I was like well this is gonna go exactly as I hoped it would go but yeah, guy, yeah, it's it's sweating, sweating uh, sweating right now
3: I have a very clear memory of uh, of Calvin's a good guy and I have a very clear memory of talking to him about these lists because I was like oh, I think we just tried a bit and it, it hadn't it, it had as as Calvin's bits are wont to do didn't go great and, <laughs> and I said is that kind of I said well that was kind of hard like, I just said so I was trying to be nice like uh, you know you, you can't win them all man oh. um, and, and he was and he was like tyler bad jokes are just wind in my sails wind in his sails oh. he thrives on like that just like has how he coasts it like it just fueled his tank so oh people gosh. were out there listening to jokes and not laughing at them where oh, it makes me want to sure. crawl into an armadillo shell like, I was that, about like to,
2: say that is not fuel for me no no no
3: it doesn't work for me but he's but which is good for him because that means He's yeah. he's really found him. his
1: calling. I'm too people pleasing to actually do one on my own. Like I can't do <laughs> exactly. it. I can't. Same, same. I need the affirmation. But he he can.
0: One of my formative uh, comedy loves it was old Letterman who would do yeah. that too. If he had oh, a yeah. monologue joke that failed, he would. Keep pounding it and drive it into the ground and call back the entire episode to this horrible failure of a joke to the point that then it resurrects itself like a rising phoenix and is hilarious by the end of the show. I love that. Like he made it so awkward. That it yeah. ultimately became funny, you know. That's
3: that's that's the master's touch, though.
0: Yeah, it's not yeah. You, like yeah, people
3: yeah. like you and me can't get away no. with that. <laughs> no. People like right. Calvin also probably can't get away with that. <laughs> but Letterman, but Letterman is just like watching a ballet performance. The yeah. way he yeah. would bring back something that didn't work oh. and something about it on the second, third, fourth, fifth <laughs> try made it just like solid gold. Uh, it's beautiful, oh, yeah. really I love
0: funny. it. That was, I mean, that was like '90s Letterman. I mean, it was just oh, such a great. Era. All right. Well, moving the show along, it is time for our look back at what happened this week in culture and entertainment. It's time for
4: In Case You Missed It.
0: Hey, In Case You Missed It. Uh, this week, the trailer for Disney's new CGI remake of The Lion King, you know, went out. Everybody saw it. Oh, and it in fact, it set a new record for Disney. The trailer is now the most watched trailer in a single day. It debuted on Thanksgiving uh, and garnered a whopping 225 million views in its first 24 hours making it Disney's all-time trailer champ.
2: That's unbelievable.
0: It's crazy. That's so many people. Uh, The movie itself is a remake of, obviously, the uh, 1994 classic and features a murderer's row of voice acting talent, including Donald Glover as Simba, Beyonce as Nala, Chiwetel 4 as Scar John Oliver as Zazu Seth Rogen as Pumbaa Billy Eichner as Timon and James Earl Jones returning to
1: Mufasa duty I I am I, so proud of them for not replacing James Earl Jones like you same. can definitely definitely find other people to do a lot of those voices it makes sense it's progress but James Earl Jones is like y- you cannot you get it mess right, with that you got <laughs> it right, right.
3: The, when his voice came on in the trailer like when you heard that everything yeah. the to light to, I remember it, like or the light touches, my my spine shivered so hard I had to go to the hospital. It was like
0: and sadly that wasn't it wasn't because of the trailers. Your crippling crippling scoliosis, but it, like, was, my, it yeah. was my
3: scoliosis. It was yeah. the fact that I had eaten nothing but mashed potatoes for forty eight yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a big part yeah. of it. But yeah. it was but it was still a big moment. Yeah. Was, did anybody else get a little bit of a chuckle? I have never and probably never will again. See, see Billy Eichner's name announced as ploddingly and epically yeah. as I did in that you know, Billy
1: Eichner. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, the, right. the shouts on the street guy. Yeah, <laughs> Good for you. <him. laughs> because
3: he's
1: super funny, but he is I like him. A, a really funny, just great guy. And he's like a classically trained actor. He's got real chops. Yeah, but yeah. It was really like next to Beyonce. I mean, yeah. I would, I think he would agree yeah. with this point that it was just oh. a little bit crazy. That <laughs> We're he was not there. telling
3: Billy, Billy on the street, anything that he doesn't know already. No. <laughs> His chick can get a little tiresome yeah. to me. Like I like him for about five minutes, but the, yeah. but the 20 minute TV episode, I don't necessarily need. Right. Um, but when I heard Billy Eichner as Timon, I was like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. I could see it working. Billy I'm just and sorry Seth that
2: Jonathan Taylor Thomas is gone. Because he was a real treat in that original Simba role. You're not as sorry oh, as Jonathan Taylor
3: Thomas, probably right. He's just sitting by his right. phone,
2: thinking, maybe like a cameo part, right? Not <laughs> <is he laughs> everybody for
3: something.
1: I don't normally like these non these remakes of cartoons. Like I haven't seen the new Pete's Dragon. I never saw yeah. the new uh, Jungle Book. I'm sure they're lovely, but this one, I mean, The Lion King is just the epic story of our childhood. That's what I'm
0: scared of. I mean, and and obviously the 90s cartoon style, animation style, you know, things have progressed a lot. But like this, everything's just so fake when these all CG movies that it's just like, it almost like takes me out of the story. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm a little nervous. It
3: somehow works a little better with animation because it doesn't have to look real. right? So it just has to look like really good, beautiful animation, which The Lion King does. But this one... I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. going to see it right away. I,
0: I didn't see the Jungle Book either, uh, Eddie, and yeah, it's no. the same director. I was director. really medium
3: on it. I, was I didn't lukewarm see Jungle on Book either. It, yeah, I fine.
0: heard everybody was kind of lukewarm on it, and then it, it's the same director, again, making me nervous. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's like, I don't know that, I don't know. And nothing in the trailer like squashed my concern you know what i mean yeah. like cool. so like
2: when y'all saw beating the beast like my problem with beating the beast was that the beast was so computery looking and so that no has way. been my fe-
1: <laughs> no annie that was not your biggest problem your biggest problem with beauty and the beast and i hate to speak for you because i realize we've talked about this uh-huh. is that matthew from *Downton abbey matthew played the down- beast matthew. and we don't like his character
2: Right. So, right. so, I never so realized, we're wow, going to do a just... hot take of uh, Downton Annie <laughs> and Downton Eddie. I forgot,
3: I forgot Downton Eddie and Downton An- yeah. right. Yeah, let's get the First episode. We're just going to have to cut this part out move it into the new podcast. The episodes
1: are actually embedded within this podcast. <laughs> right. So, so that's how podcast. you have to find it. You can subscribe to this podcast, but it's a very specific moment. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I never saw Beauty and the Beast either. I'm like, oh, forget about
0: it. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, 27 church members were arrested uh, this week attempting to save a. Man from deportation. Uh, the members uh, were from Citywell United Methodist Church in Durham, North Carolina, and they were arrested while trying to stop the arrest of Samuel Oliver Bruno, an undocumented immigrant who's been living in the church basement for the last 11 months. He came to the U.S. from Mexico in hopes of finding better medical treatment for his wife, who has lupus. His temporary residency expired in November of last year, and he's been living in the Citywell basement ever since, caring for his wife while she recovers from a heart transplant. He was ordered to make an appearance at U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, and over 100 members of his church went with him in solidarity. When Oliver Bruno was tackled by plainclothes ICE officers, the church formed a human chain around the ICE van and sang Amazing Grace, refusing to move for nearly three hours until 27 of them were arrested, along with Oliver Bruno's son, who is American-born. Citywell Well, Pastor Cleve May said, we told the police chief, we understand this is your job, but we need you to understand that as a matter of conviction, we cannot move and you will have to arrest us. There you mm. go, man.
2: Is uh, it else.
1: is a very interesting. I heard a uh, talk recently about, and it went through and it traced the lines of um, the intersection between the government and, And God and the prophets and how historically throughout scripture, one of the major roles of the church and the prophets and the people within the church have been to stand up to the government when they were abusing the power that, uh, that, that they have. And, um, and they were standing up like on behalf of, uh, on behalf of what they knew God was calling them to do. And it's crazy when you see this over and over again, that like the the church's job is to act as an intermediary when the government has gone too far. And so when you see stuff like this happening in real time, it's like, it doesn't seem rogue. It seems right. It seems like yeah. what the church should be doing to just protect the basic humanity. Um, I, I, it's very difficult to watch, but I'm very proud to hear of churches doing those kinds of things and being that brave.
3: I remember a piece we did on Relevant. Uh, this has probably been six or seven months now that we, since we did our article on sanctuary churches in the U.S. Oh, yeah. and the resurgence of them, how quickly they've grown since uh, since there's been a crackdown on illegal immigration starting in uh, around oh seven or 08, probably. And uh, that's just something that I find to be such an interesting sort of, it's not a law that or the government can't go inside a church to arrest undocumented immigrants. But it's just this very ancient sort of understood um, kind of guideline or agreement between the church and the state that if you make it inside a church and you claim sanctuary as an undocumented immigrant, then the state will respect those boundaries. And at least here in the U.S. so far, that that is not something that has been breached. So Mm -hmm. uh, hats off to all the churches who are doing that and. Uh, the churches who are willing to talk about it and then going out is that this is obviously the extra mile and trying to actually block a nice van. Um, that's it's very encouraging because those aren't the stories you see yeah. about Christians in America very often. Yeah,
1: it's right. encouraging yeah. to me. Uh,
0: and lastly, this is a very heavy uh, uh, in case you missed it, I guess, you know, holiday week, you know,
1: with the Lion King and all that. <laughs> uh, lastly, uh,
0: Ellen Pompeo, uh, who the star uh, from Grey's Anatomy. What are you about um, to tell me? This week, she, she ripped a magazine's diversity in the middle of their own panel. So it was yeah. a, a panel called the Big Television Debate, and she was on, on the panel with Gina Rodriguez, Emma Roberts, and Gabrielle Union. But, um, Ellen Pompeo, who's white, shut the house down when she ripped the event for a lack of racial diversity. The room fell silent for a moment as she said, as Caucasian people, it's our job. It's our task. It's our responsibility to make sure that we speak up in every single room we walk into. Here's a clip.
1: Uh, This day has been incredible. And there's a ton of women in the room, but I don't see enough color. And I didn't see enough color when I walked in the room today. And uh, I had a meeting with a director of another Uh, endorsement project that I'm doing I said you know when I show up on set I would like to see the crew look like the world that I walk around in every day and I think it's up to all productions to make sure that your crew
2: looks like the world we see.
0: That's crazy. Good for them. I I feel the same thing about churches. I mean, pastors like, Hey, we need more diversity. Well, it's like, look on stage first, you know, like I think. Eddie
2: is cooking up a Grey's Anatomy joke right now that we're just going to wait for We're just going to wait for it because I see it. Oh no, you are. I see it. It's spinning. You're like a chef in a kitchen right now. Just go.
1: No, no, no. It's, but I, I was, I, this was her, uh, Her comments, I loved them for two reasons. One was just the fact that she pointed out a great observation. I mean, she just said a thing that... I bet a lot of people there were like, huh, I didn't even think about that. And she yeah. saw it. But the other thing is the way that she articulated it, I think, was so helpful. It was like a lesson in how to have an incredibly challenging and hard conversation, not at all shy away from the truth, but bring a whole. I mean, the countless number of people have been affected by the way she was able to just very clearly and kindly articulate the point. And also, my second favorite part, third favorite part of that is Gabrielle Union. Listening to her talk was just about to just explode. <laughs> she was so like, yes, absolutely. She was so into it. I was like, I, I, I loved that.
3: But if Union brings it up, if, if Gabrielle Union, who I like a lot, brings it up, then it's a very different conversation, a different conversation because
1: that's it's right. because it's very
3: accusatory. Which isn't to say that Black people shouldn't or can't do that. Obviously, but I think Pompeo is right in bringing up how much it is should be the responsibility of white people to and i think in a lot of cases we do have to sort of train yourselves to look for these uh for a lack of racial representation racial diversity and the spaces that you're in because it doesn't come naturally because you're raised to to not see to not look for those things so the fact that Ellen pompeo was able to do that and to do it so articulately and so well was I, i thought it was super cool and it didn't feel divisive when she it didn't feel like a um, it, for such a divisive topic uh, as divisive as it obviously can be I thought it felt more like a like you said Eddie, kind of a teaching moment instead yeah. of
1: a, a really accusatory moment because we're like a society that loves like those clap back moments where you just yeah. like burn but but it wasn't <laughs> viewed as that it was just a really it, I think we all just learned something from her mm-hmm.
0: yeah all right yeah. that'll do it for in case you missed it stay tuned up next Blake Mykowski joins
1: us oh, the worst are the best time. Should I? All oh, my worst nights are the good hinds. i life
5: filtered through the lo fi.
0: You're listening to Foster the People. The song is Worst Nights. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard all twins with the song Infinite Swim, which sounds exhausting to me. Blake Baikoski is best known as the founder of Tom Shoes. He's the brains behind their one-for-one one program that donates a pair of shoes for every pair sold. But his other endeavors include sunglasses, coffee, and authoring books. Blake's latest project is working to find a solution to gun violence in the U.S. He's explained that TOMS is expanding their giving model to include organizations that are seeking safe solutions to America's mass shooting epidemic. We caught up with Blake to talk about why this cause matters to him and why he's jumping in with both feet. Here's our conversation with Blake Mykowski.
3: You've been doing TOMS for how many years has TOMS been now?
5: It's been 12 years now.
3: 12 years. And in that time, um, obviously the world's changed quite a bit, but Tom's mission has, has, would you say it's largely remained the same? It just has this kind of grown in scope?
5: Yeah. I mean, since we started, we started day one with the simple idea and that is, you know, every time we would sell a pair of shoes, we'd give a pair away. Um, And the idea that, you know... Um, that we could build a better tomorrow. Actually, the name Tom's comes from the word tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I started, I said, okay, if we can sell a pair of shoes today, we'll give away a pair tomorrow, and these are shoes for a better tomorrow. And then we couldn't fit tomorrow's onto the tags. So (laughs) we shortened the name from tomorrow's to Tom's. So that's how the name, so it's always been about a better tomorrow. And we've expanded into other products. We do eyewear now, and when Mm -hmm. you buy our eyewear, we pay for Cataract surgeries and, and and glasses, and we've done coffee where we invest in clean water systems and helping farmers get you know um, you know better wages through direct trade with the farmers. So we've we've continued to expand our model, um, always with this idea of using business to create a better tomorrow. And you know we've given eighty. Six million shoes away so far, um, and hundreds of thousands of people sites, and hundreds of thousands of you know water systems, and so um, you know, so it's always been that's kind of been our wheelhouse. But for the past couple of years, we've been talking about internally, like how do we evolve? Because there's so many issues of our time that we care about, we believe our audience cares about. How can we make a difference on those? Like, how can we be involved in those yeah. cultural conversations? And we've talked about it, but the truth of the matter is it's it's always like been, you know, caught up in, I I just went for, you know, for lack of better words, kind of the bureaucracy of a big business now, you know, everyone's always afraid to act because we had something that was very clear and simple and easy. And so to, you know, change that or to act on something that is, you know, potentially perceived by some as risky or that it could be political or any of these things, we've basically been on the sidelines for two years. And so after, you know, Thousand Oaks happened, which it's hard to believe, I think it was only, you know, 16, 17 days ago now, Isn't that wild? Um, you know, it's crazy how much my life has changed in 17 days. I mean, literally, I feel like I've never been on such a time warp in my life hmm. because I can still remember that phone call from my wife. I mean, it was 15 minutes from our house. And okay you know and 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 she called me and she said look like i just don't feel safe anymore she's like i'm not taking our son to school today mm-hmm. i think we should homeschool him and i was like whoa like i i i we're not gonna live in fear like th- that that's them winning if we're living in fear now we're changing our son's education and 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 potentially the trajectory of his life now because of you know these happenings like This is just not right, and she said, "You know, someone has to do something about it." And that's how we kind of ended the call. And she was saying that rhetorically, not like you need to do something about it. She was just like, "Someone has to do something." And and I was sitting in the back of the Uber, and 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 literally just on my laptop, and I and I just had this kind of, you know, I I would say now it was kind of a divine inspiration. It was like, I mean, it was just so clear to me that that someone was me and this was Tom's. And, and, and the whole reason I built this company was to make the world a better place. And here was an opportunity that I could, if I could convince everyone to join me internally, that externally we could align our, our whole audience on something that, you know, that frankly, 90% of Americans are for, and that's universal mm-hmm. background checks. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm from Texas. You know, I have a lot of friends that are hunters you know, gun owners that are responsible. Like, that is not what this is about. What this is about is there's certain people, you know, domestic abusers, people with mental health records, people who are felons, who are currently allowed to go buy guns and not have a background check. And and that's just unacceptable because that's leading to a lot of gun violence and a lot of pain and suffering in our country. And, and we can do something about it. We can get that changed, I truly believe. And so... You know, we decided to lean into this. It made everyone very uncomfortable with the company. My partners, you know, my CEO, like, I mean, they, they, they personally were all for it. Everyone I talked to was like, oh yes, like we, you know, this is, this is, this is outrageous. Mm -hmm. Like we, there's someone has to do something. But when, when the conversation became that someone being our business and especially right before holidays, that, that was very, very scary. And, and so, so yeah, so I spent the first six days of this journey, just trying to convince Anyone who would listen to me internally, that we have to do this. And I started winning people over one by one until eventually I got my partners and our CEO on board. And then Once they're on board, then it was just like, okay, how do we how do we do something really simple that every American can participate in? And that's Mm -hmm. where we learn people that the postcards can be very, very effective because they basically overwhelm people's offices. Um, And and they, you know, and so, you know, as as our representatives are coming back in session, you know, we're going to overwhelm them with America's voices of saying this is important to me. Um, and I believe if we do that, we can pass this in the House. We can have a victory. And most importantly, what I've realized is we can actually bring people together. Like this has been such a divisive time in our history. And we know that, you know, you know, just, you know when things are divisive, they can be very destructive. And if we can say, like, look, we, we don't have to agree on everything, but we can agree that there is some sensible gun legislation that would keep everyone more safe and no matter what your political beliefs are this is we believe a human issue and let's come together as humans to make our country safer and if we do that and we have victory i believe that gives us the ability to look at other issues even that are that are human that are that maybe they become politicized but that's not how they should be because they're mm-hmm. things that we all agree on and so that's what i'm now more excited than ever because i'm like i think we're going to win this thing on the gun, on on universal background checks. I mean, you know, we've got in the last um, seven days, we have six hundred and twenty thousand Americans that have gone to our website to send postcards. We've had hundreds of celebrities and public figures posting on their own. Many of them gun owners themselves. Um, and so, it's looking like it's going to really tip the next week or two. I think we're going to go from six hundred thousand postcards to millions of postcards. And and so. It's looking like it will work, but also the thing that is also starting to become evident is that people are yearning for something that brings us together.
3: Do you think that because something that, that I think uh, it sounds like your wife was kind of getting at and, and that I know many people in this generation feel mm-hmm. as they, they've seen so many of these mass shootings now, They starts to feel like change is impossible, that that making a difference at that level just can't be done because we've seen exactly. movements and we've heard the calls and we've asked we've we've had the call for more background checks for bump stocks, regulation, whatever. And it's just never happened. So how do you, what do you think is happening yeah. this time with your campaign? That's going to make a difference where so many other things have just stalled out.
5: I mean, I think we've just found a way to organize people in a, in a modern way. You know, I think that, you know, it, I think that, You know, we've kind of brought together all the organizations working in Indian gun violence who are all amazing and doing great work, and we've brought together all the moms and the teenagers out there that are scared and doing lockdown drills at schools. And and we've just, I think it's just, I don't know if it's us as much as just a moment in culture where it had gotten so bad, and there had been several right in a row that people just said enough, like, like, and so we're giving them an easy way to activate. It takes less than 30 seconds to send a postcard, but it's going to make a difference. And so I think that that's what we hit in terms of a nerve. And I think that's why Jimmy found when he heard about it, he's like, I want Blake to come on and I want him and I want to send the first postcard. I mean, that was his response. And Mm -hmm. that's obviously what happened on the show. So I think, I think just culturally, I felt something in my gut and I didn't even know that it was shared by so many until we went live.
3: Do you think that, because what you hear is that, like you said, is that it's a very divisive issue. There are people who want background checks, people who don't, people who want more gun control, people who just want more guns. Uh, But in your estimation, do you feel like that's sort of a a myth that there's actually more common ground, more unity out there? That's what it sounds like you're getting at, that maybe we've been led to believe it's divisive in ways that it's not.
5: Well, I think there are parts. It's a complex issue, right? I think there are parts divisive. Mm-hmm. I think the basic um, thing that we're working on, universal background checks, is not divisive. All the research out there shows that 90 percent of Americans are for this. When 90 percent of, mm-hmm. of anyone's for this, then, then it's not no longer divisive. I think where it gets divisive is when you start talking about gun control, something that we never talk about. And that I would never say that we are for because that is a whole Mm. different issue. And then you go down a whole rabbit hole. And then I think it is very divisive. But like the way I look at it is this, you know, if, if 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 you can have changes, we've had many changes to laws and legislation through our country's history that make things more relevant in this time period. And that's what this is about. Like This is common sense now. This is not. And so that's how mm-hmm. I think when you get to connect with people on like a commonsensical level, like, look, we're not allowed to have bazookas. We're not allowed to have, you know, I mean, like there are certain things that we just think are, are you know, or you have to have a driver's license, right? And you have to get it renewed every five years. Right, you right, got to make yeah. sure that you have eyeglasses. Like if you want to buy a gun, you should have to have the equivalent of a driver's test. You know, I mean, it's kind of that simple. And like, and we're not, not saying that you need to have like, five, you know, years of training with, you know, gun arms safety or whatever. We're just saying like, look, like if you have a track record, if you're a felon, you should not be able to get out of prison and the next day buy a gun. I mean, it's just, I think everyone can agree mm-hmm. on that. And that's where the universal background check stops. If you have a history, a record of being a domestic abuser, then you shouldn't be able to get a gun.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. And then the third one is mental health. I mean, that's the issue that if you have a mental health track record, like, getting a gun is not a good thing and so that's all this is in terms of universal background checks focused on but the research shows that that greatly reduces gun violence and so if we can just do that that's how i think you stay away from the divisive nature and you focus on the the progress that we can make and i think the problem is to your question of why have other things solved is i think other people try to bite off too much (laughs) i think we're we're we are focusing on the basic simplest most uh inclusive gun legislation that will have the biggest impact the fastest and we're not and, and and instead and that and i don't think many people have focused on that in that way before
0: that was blake Mikoski. make sure to follow him on twitter at blake my
1: Seattle University School of Theology and Ministry is pleased to announce the introduction of a new academic degree program. The Master of Arts is a flexible program for students to have the freedom to research the intersection of religion and spirituality
0: with other academic disciplines such as history, healthcare,
1: psychology,
0: social sciences, law, and more. Scholarships are available.
3: Learn more about the MA and all of our other degrees by visiting SeattleU.com dot edu forward slash stm forward slash degrees
0: you're listening to quad city djs and the 69 boys it's uh what you want for christmas this was literally my favorite christmas song in high school so there you go everybody there's your treat Okay. Well, it's time for your feedback. Last week on Friday's episode, uh, we asked you for your craziest Black Friday stories. It was the Black Friday episode. Um, We wanted to know your craziest Black Friday experiences. We were talking about uh, young Chandler going to a Coles in in rural Georgia (laughs) at 5 a.m. to get a free elf hat. And uh, we wanted to know... <laughs> Your more memorable Black Friday experiences. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and posted on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Here are a few of our favorites.
2: Um, Eric Odom said he started his first ever job on a Black Friday. How awful In a retail Oops. store oh, called man. Goodies. Have you guys been in Goodies in forever? <laughs> I don't even know if there is one in Nashville. That's how long it's been.
3: We're talking about Sam goodies, right? The old like yeah. CD. Yeah. Like, like entertainment. I've been And Sam
0: goodies different than goodies and goodies like a, dr- a drug store.
2: Oh, no, oh, really good question. Oh. He just Eric. Now we need to know Eric. Odom. He just said goodies and he said a retail store. But then he said, "The magic of Christmas season was immediately stripped away from him." <laughs> His first day on the job. I can't imagine starting your first job ever on Good Friday. Good I Friday. drove. I drove on by
0: Black the Friday. sad, empty shell of my childhood Toys R Us yesterday, and oh. it was. I remember many of Black Friday experience, and
1: but they're coming back. Did you hear that? They're not no. coming back as a full retailer, but apparently they have partnered with Kroger, and now inside every Kroger, uh, there's going to be like. Jeffrey's Corner, yeah. so there's going to be joking? like a branded kiosks of like Jeffrey the Giraffe selling the hottest toys of the season in a Kroger. So so so,
0: so Whole Foods has their latest Amazon tech in a kiosk, right? And and wow. and Kroger has Jeffrey's Corner,
1: right? right. <laughs> so basically, what's but that's kind of what's happening, right? That's what's happening in retail is like, well, everybody's going to still need to buy food. We haven't quite figured right. that out yet. We'll we'll just put right. a little. We'll just. Put a Toys R Us I mean, inside of a. It's like if you go right? to,
0: I don't know if you've been to a Barnes and Noble lately, but the ground floor of the one by me half of it is board games and toys now. I mean, it's oh, not. Yeah. yeah, it's not really. A, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. the The footprint for books is cut by half on the ground floor. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: my my. My mom does not really realize is. this, and she gets the girls, my daughters, a, uh, a gift card to Barnes and Noble every year, thinking they're going to go and pick out a book. And they're immediately like, "All right, what Barbie are we going to get?" And they do; they just get a Barbie every year. I don't have the heart to tell my mom, like, I know you wanted to get Junibee Jones, but it's Barbie.
3: Uh, Jason Mears has a story here about. Uh, he said he once had a job working at the Best Buy warehouse, and on Black Friday, uh, he was giving TVs to customers who had brought them in the store. Uh, one guy who he happened to know drove around to pick up his TV. He was in a small four-door car with three friends, and they'd purchased a 60-inch TV and wanted to take it home. No, oh, no. Told them there was no way it would fit, but they proceeded to take it out of the box and slid it into the back seat with a full foot of the TV hanging out the back oh, door. Would you guys do that? That's crazy.
1: In college, I would have. Don't you feel like you could Maybe, just do. Yeah, you kind
3: just, of just feel invincible. Yeah, yeah and you're and just. You're so yeah. dumb. Dumb. You have an aura of invincibility around you that just right. protects your televisions, too. I oh, yeah. would have if I was now it's like, I inch like TV. I would have like
0: put it on the roof and everybody just hold it out the window. You yeah. know, like we got four of us.
2: Every, like four, four arms. Yeah, everybody's yeah. got one four paw clamps. on it. Yeah, yeah
0: four clamps. <laughs> it's a TV too. It's not
3: like it's a piece of furniture. Like those things aren't built to take a lot of super hard, but I don't know. I hope you right. guys made it home. All right. They're 60 inch TV. <laughs>
1: the right. South comes out in Annie in funny ways, but the what fact did that she used the word paw instead of hand <laughs> there is <laughs> it's, it's like little tiny things that just trickle through. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you saying that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so endearing. But my goodness, what a weirdo! <laughs>
2: Such a weirdo. Right. I know. Sorry. A lot of
1: a lot of comments about that it's nat funny. line, Annie. There yes, was you right? really hit hit a nerve. Our friend D Merricks was talking about it. A lot of people. The, the, just, uh, the there I, is a nat I, line, and uh,
2: it's a real thing. I, and then guess, and then
0: ads hit a nerve. They they yeah. when they <laughs> swarm you, they hit a nerve. Yeah. When they I just get felt in deep real enough.
2: justified that I knew something. That I hadn't made up in my head. Cause sometimes when I say things here, I think, that's true, right? Did I make that up? No. And all, and all of a sudden, I questioned my entire upbringing. But luckily, <laughs> I was very right about the Nat Line. I even sent, maybe, I can't remember. I texted one of you an article about it. Was it you, Chandler? I think I sent it yep. to you. Yep.
0: The, the, isn't it moving? Yep. Or like the the Nat Line is real, but then there's now a new line of another bug, yes. like further yes, north? It's
2: moving. It's, it's, um, what's it called? Climate. Change
0: is causing oh. the outline
2: line to move. Uh, Way to take a political a stand. Yeah, it a right. It's about time <laughs> I came in with a hot political take, and it's going to be about yeah. Nats and Macon, Georgia.
3: <laughs> I do want to point out, this doesn't have anything to do with the question of the week, but this is interesting. Scott Adams uh, commented, he said, not feedback, just to let you know, Chili's is stealing your swag ideas, yeah, he it. says, which sounded like, uh, I, I think he's right. I'm on their email list because why not? I do want to know the story there, Scott. Their Cyber Monday has swag items. Big and bold is a shirt designed with... I feel God in this chilies tonight. Yeah, yeah, but that's a which meme, sounds like though. something we would have come up with. Except for I don't think we can get away with uh, putting chilies on a relevant th- branded T-shirt. we not that an old
4: office. Well, well yeah, you, it's an office you, reference. you haven't
0: been to our store because we do have a shirt and a mug that says "I feel God in this chilies tonight," um, and and then it says it says hashtag Pam, and then smaller underneath it also Chandler. So
4: it's a- <laughs> oh, yes. Great. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I wish that they'd done like, like retro Chili's logos because I'd definitely have bought something if that were the case, but it was all kind of like, you know. Hey, like, you think your card is, cool is good for hip, Chili's? kids. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if, if your card is good for Chili's swag, Chandler. Yeah, I, bet,
4: I bet so. Uh, probably
0: not. I would think it is. It's Chili's bucks. And Why would yeah. you say probably yeah, not?
4: I don't know. I I, I don't know. Good, good <laughs> good I think if you're to trying out. to transact something same? at Chili's.com, you can use a gift card. That's true. That's a great point. Yeah, probably probably right. Oh wow. Anyway, there was there there was nothing uh, nothing that caught my I eye. I think we're all going to be getting
0: like Chili's gifts from Chandler this year for Christmas. <laughs> <that> I've informed <laughs> him. He doesn't have to spend his own money. Don't ruin
2: the surprise. Don't ruin the surprise, Chandler. If you give me a Chili's gift, I'm still going to be really surprised.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> Even if you open it and it's just he wrapped a quesadilla to go. If it's just his <laughs> leftover a a quesadilla. There like, you go. Put the block on the side. I'll still
3: be surprised. You get, you get six boneless wings, and we each get one individually. Wrapped. <laughs> really well. so, live event. <laughs> uh,
2: did any if y'all go shopping on Black Friday, what'd you end up doing? I did. You did? What'd you yep. buy, Chandler?
4: I got a pressure cooker and um Oof. like the type of Tupperware <laughs> that you push the button and it pressure seals it. Oh. Yeah, like wow. an Instapot?
2: How domestic uh, of that? Yeah, you. it was just
4: yeah, kitchen stuff. But uh Was it
2: an Instapot or was it a pressure cooker?
4: I think it was an Instapot, yeah. Which is a pressure cooker? It's like a specific type.
3: I went. I went and got a. I went and got a tattoo on Black Friday. That really? was my Black Friday what? extravaganza. Was there like What'd a deal or something? There, there, no, nice oh, joke. I okay. just had it scheduled for for oh. Friday. Thought <laughs> 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 maybe I'd get a little deal out of it, but no. But what I did have this was I needed somebody's take on this one. On Black Friday, I went and I was just laying there, you know, getting the tattoo from the guy, and he's a chatty guy, and uh, somehow it came up that I was that I was uh Christian. And he was like, oh, that's interesting. Me and my wife just became Christians and we have a lot of questions about what we have to do now. The thing that your youth pastor my he prepared me for for like six years, <laughs> oh my been, yeah. like getting like getting me ready. Like this moment's gonna come. Someone's gonna ask you, and you got to be ready with an answer. And I was, like, and your guys like, yeah, right. No one's gonna ask me about how to be. And then I, here I am, face down, and uh, and he's like okay, asking well, questions. Now, Wait, now, I got, now I got Where now was your now tattoo? Weird.
1: Exactly. It's Where? just it's on
3: the back of my arm. It's on like okay. the back. So I had to like li- so for him to have the best like angle on that and what? so it's not as bad as talking to the dentist where your mouth is wide open or anything like that but it's still you're talking the needle gun is loud and uh so i'm trying to shout like these theological like some doc answers doctrinal questions from the tattoo and i think we we ended up after the tattoo was wrapped up we went out and and uh went to this little like restaurant down the road and got ourselves a snack and really? you went you conversation got going. such a
2: sweet story you went and got that's th- really cool
1: can you tell me one question that he asked Uh, Um, yes. So his he wanted to
3: know about uh, his big question was about like (laughs) horror. This sounds about right. Like horror movies and like death metal and stuff that some people in his new church had kind of like frowned upon his like. Whether or not he could still enjoy these things and have them in his household as a, as a, he'd become a Catholic. And so we talked a lot about those and like the true, he had a lot of like very interesting thoughts about all of them. Oh. And I did my best to, this is such to, a
2: great story
3: to assuage those.
2: What made he, him become a Christian? What happened?
3: uh he said try he said trial and error he had like tried a few (laughs) other religions and none of them really seemed to work but he (laughs) then he met this priest his new his his uh priest and he had provide he was really like struck he and his wife were both really struck by the idea of the atonement uh and he thought that was really fascinating so uh that was about uh six months ago he's like all right
2: that's really cool
3: Tyler, yeah, your, cool. your,
1: uh, your, God is dead tattoo is all finished. You want to go talk some more about this at a coffee shop? <laughs> I'd love to.
2: Wow. Tyler, what an, what, an, what, an, I,
1: what an, I've never had that kind of experience. That's crazy. <laughs> I hadn't either. Yeah.
2: I think that, I think that is like, I'm kind of blown away at how special that is that you got to be oh, there for great. that.
3: It was really, it was, it was really cool. He was a really nice guy. We traded back. a We swapped a few emails since then. Just about not necessarily about faith. You're stuff, discipling just, him is what you're saying.
2: Now you're yeah, discipling him. So, your so now I have
3: a, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a special guest. I'm bringing him on right now because Eddie, frankly, I don't know the answers
1: to any of these questions. Yeah. I, need somebody, I need to call in. Uh, right. Phone a,
2: friend. phone a friend.
1: Chandler will be very helpful. <laughs> well, I, you're a very good guy to do that. I've, it's very. Uh, that was probably a very safe moment for him anyway.
0: Oh, how about that? All right. Well, it's time for this week's
1: editorial question of the week. Hey!
0: Okay. Well, as you know, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern is the live edition of the relevant podcast, the relevant podcast Christmas Spectacular presented by Bright Peak. Uh, we've kept successfully kept everybody in the dark about what we have planned for the show,
2: including all of us We thought (laughs) thought, thought,
0: for this week's question of the week. We want to know what do you want to see in our Christmas spectacular? Maybe we can make some of your Christmas dreams come true.
2: Wait, and I'm not going to read any of them because I just want to be surprised. I'm not going to read any of them. So (laughs) feedback. And I'm going to
1: prime the pump here and give an idea just so that we all have a good number one, just some real Frank questions about faith with Tyler. (laughs) Just <laughs> really just sit there, hey man, I am. Um, how do you reconcile tragedy? Like, where was God in that, Tyler? And then just make him answer. And I'm just flipping. I'm just. I'll
3: bring my copy of Grudem's Systematic Theology. Up. I'm just flipping through yeah. the concordant. Like, oh, hang on, hey, hang on, I got this somewhere here.
1: Hold, hold on a second, let me flip through. Yeah, I do think angels are real. Yeah, um, that'll be. <laughs> Y'all great can feedback. mock
2: him, but I'm going to ask Tyler so many more questions about that afterwards because I think that may be my favorite story I've heard in a long time. Oh yeah.
0: All right. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer, more elaborate suggestions for the live show uh, on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, many thanks to Blake Mikoski for joining us. Uh, Go check out what they're doing at Tom's. It's an amazing new initiative and new era for them. Uh, You can follow him on Twitter at Blake Mikoski, or go check out Tom's website. And also thanks to Church Home for making the episode possible. Make sure to go check out their Church Home Global app. You can Search for it in the app store, or you can text relevant to 555-888 to get a direct download link. Go check it out. Hey, don't forget right now, uh, Christmas season is upon us and good deals are happening over at the relevant store. We're doing a special discount for relevant podcast fans. Right now you can get 25% off your entire order and get free shipping all week long, all weeks are weeks. So it's ending very, very soon. Just use the code Podcast Friday. We started on Black Friday and we're running it all week for relevant podcast fans. So go do that now. 25% off and free shipping at Relevant Store by using promo code Podcast Friday. Hey, if you want to give the gift of Relevant uh, as a Christmas gift, we have a great deal going on uh, for that as well. You can uh, give a gift subscription at relevantmagazine.com slash give. If you want to get a good deal, which during Cyber Week, I always buy stuff for myself. Um, you can subscribe as well. You get your first <laughs> issue for free. Just, just I'm like, do we just little, let it
2: go or do just we... Just a little insight. Oh, are there uh, in the store. do we just go, well, like, of course there, that's true. You're there oh, in Cameron. the
0: store and yeah. it's half off. And so yeah. like, I get one for you and I get one for me. Everybody wins and it's like the same price.
2: Do they? Yeah. Does everybody... Annie does said, your Annie soul says, win?
1: let's just review the show and he mm-hmm. says pa people talk to tyler about jesus and mm-hmm. cameron's buying gifts for himself like i feel like we're kind of getting a real look at it and you know nothing about me so i feel like i feel like we, we, feel like we Successful all show.
2: Successful Yeah, live show. look at us this is uh
0: right now you can subscribe to relevant you'll get your first issue for free and when you subscribe you also get a 20 percent off coupon to the relevant store by going to relevant magazine.com slash again that's ending very soon Hey, thanks! If you like the show, uh, go over to iTunes and rate it and uh, leave uh, leave a review. There's you guys have been uh, leaving some funny ones. Uh, all five stars is good. Uh, Chuckler 987 said uh, the headline Yikes. is NSFW in the best way. I uh, said uh, people look at you in disgust when you burst out laughing in the cubicle all by yourself. While you may get the stink eye from your coworkers, this podcast is worth listening to. Anywhere, anytime. Thanks a lot, Chuckler. Most
2: people looking for NSFW in the best way are not thinking they're going to find what we have to offer. (laughs) Yeah,
5: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for rating it. Thanks for reviewing the show. We appreciate it. It helps other people find it as well. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Eddie Koffeltz.
2: I'm Annie F. Downs.
0: We will see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend, everyone.
5: podcast network what's so special about hero Bread's
4: soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving made with natural ingredients hero bread supports gut health promotes weight management and helps maintain blood sugar